Welcome to another episode of Trauma Talk. Today our topic is organ donation and we'll be speaking with Midwest Transplant Network. We'll be discussing the role that Midwest Transplant Network provides in the hospital setting and to the family. We'll also be discussing what EMS and hospitals can do to support this vital mission. Jessica and Nikki, thanks for being on the show today. Jessica, would you go ahead and introduce yourself? My name's Jessica Steffick. I am the Director of Operations for Midwest Transplant Network here in Wichita. Started with MTN in 2006 and have been there since. Could you tell us a little bit more about the role of Director? So I'm the Director of Wichita Operations, so I support the team that's based here in Wichita. We have a small team. We've got hospital services like what Nikki's role is. We have organ procurement coordinators or those are the staff that go do the ICU management with the organ donor. And then we also have family services coordinators that focus on working with the families and talking to them about the donation opportunity in the ICU for potential organ donors. Nikki, would you please introduce yourself? My name is Nikki Dixon, and I am the Hospital Services Coordinator for Wesley Medical Center with Midwest Transplant Network. And prior to joining the MTN team, um, I was a nurse, in a critical care nurse in the coronary care unit here at Wesley for about four years until I joined the team about a year ago. Donation definitely touched my life personally, which was inspiring um, just prior to me going to nursing school. But once I was in the ICU, I had the pleasure of working on donor cases with the OPCs or organ procurement coordinators from MTN. And I was so inspired that I knew I had to join the team. I wasn't going to be happy until I was actually working in donation. So fortunately, I was able to join the team last year and I serve as Wesley and about 11 other hospitals in the state of Kansas. Nikki, could you tell us about Midwest Transplant Network, or MTN? Midwest Transplant Network is one of 57 federally recognized organ procurement organizations. We were actually the first independent OPO, and every hospital in the United States um, is required to have an agreement with an organ procurement organization, a tissue procurement organization, as well as an eye procurement organization. So we coordinate all three of those uh, for Kansas and the western two-thirds of Missouri. Jessica, would you speak to any misconceptions people might have about Midwest Transplant? Especially here at Wesley, we sometimes people think that we're a vendor. We are assigned to serve the hospital. Like Nikki said, federally designated to a service area, and we work with all of the hospitals within that area. So it's it ends up being 260 plus because it's everybody from um, you know here the big hospitals in Wichita to you know Garden City, St. Catharines in Western Kansas to Norton County Hospital. You know, just yeah. any hospital in that geographical area we have an agreement with and a relationship with, provide service with, and work with. So it's not a option. It's federally mandated. It's part of hospital policy. It's part of ultimately part of the CMS reimbursement that the hospital receives. With this topic we're speaking on today, I just want to make sure I'm being extremely respectful to everyone involved. Could you please go over some terms you use in your profession to make sure everyone feels comfortable uh, discussing this topic? Well, and it's a bit of an evolution. I, I really appreciate that you have that focus. I think that appropriate or preferable terms is, is a bit of a, an evolution. But one of the things I know we were just talking about you know, earlier is the use of the word harvesting. So most people will use that term to intend to convey you know, the surgical recovery or the recovery of organs. 
procurement is a preferred term to harvesting. And um, we, you know, listen a lot to the feedback that we receive from donor families and harvesting was a word that gives a a bit of a different connotation, especially with us being, you know, kind of rooted in the Midwest Um, implies, you know, something that's a lot more mechanical and aggressive and violent and not at all what the surgical recovery for organ donation is like. So harvesting is one of those. Also, people will talk about uh, cadaveric donation or refer to a cadaver donor. Um, and that's, I think, just a little, you know, colder, a little harsher. Um, so the preferred term terminology for that is a deceased donor or deceased donation. And then we were talking about one of the recent changes is referring to the tissue skin, which can, you know, be recovered to help in a lot of different ways. And the preferred verbiage for that is now dermis instead of skin. And I think- How should a healthcare provider approach family about donation? So the topic of donation needs to be discussed with family members only with a trained requester, which in this area is a Midwest Transplant Network trained employee. So why is that? For many reasons, you know, it's optimal for uh, the EMS or the hospital team to not be the one to bring up donation to the family. And a lot of times there can be mistrust. There was actually a a 2006 study of just a survey of of Americans and 52% responded that they don't think that the medical team will try as hard to save them if they know their wish to be a donor or their decision to be a donor. So there's a lot of just mistrust or potential for mistrust. Not that every scenario has that. But we just want to act on the side of of not, you know, creating that or creating potential for that. And that's another reason that we are a separate entity from the hospital. So the hospital can completely focus on doing everything they can for the patient. And when that is not possible, then we're able to come in and evaluate the potential for donation. And that's another reason that we like to use a train requester because our family service coordinators are very skilled in assessing the needs of the family and pacing that family to give them the right information at the right time based on what they're ready for. I think another thing to consider in that time frame is even though that might be the next logical step for you as a healthcare provider, you know, thinking with your logical and scientific mind, families are in a very emotional state. Uh, usually early on, it's it's very you know, shocking and very tragic, whatever the circumstance. And it's not something most of the time that they're ready to hear that quickly. So offering them some time to absorb, offering them the opportunity to get some answers, to get more information, to have that explained, to reiterate that and be able to hear it from multiple people, hear it from the physicians, hear it from, you know, the nursing staff, hear it from, um, who you know, whatever specialists are involved. They can hear it different ways from different people to assure that every chance has been given to their, their loved one. I know that's always been a concern of mine is family understanding that everything was done for their loved one while they were in my care. What a lot of people don't know is that we actually don't come on the scene or we don't approach a family until a patient has been pronounced. So there's never a question of whether or not the patient's life should be saved or whether or not they should be a donor. We actually come on the scene once we know that that person cannot have a meaningful recovery from whatever it is that made them ill or injured. How do you interact with a family that may be holding out hope for a miracle. You mentioned um, waiting for a miracle, and 
we we support that. We tell people often that we can't stop a miracle. You know, wanting to save another life is not going to stop a miracle if that's something that's in the plan for that particular person. And we find that when unplanned mentions of donation or UMDs, when a non-Midwest Transplant per Network person or a non-OPO person mentions donation to the family, that there are typically negative outcomes for that. But the reason behind the mention is usually very positive. The provider wants to offer some sort of a silver lining um, to a tragedy on the worst day for the, the family members of the patient that they're taking care of. So we know that their heart is in the right place when those unplanned mentions occur, but evidence-based practice shows that when we follow our effective request process, that the donation outcomes are far more positive and also the outcomes for the family, which we monitor through surveys and aftercare of families after they've made the decision to donate. Well, and even further down from that too, if someone has designated their decision to be a donor, their first person authorized to be a donor, and um, a healthcare provider doesn't know that and brings it up as an option, it may not be an option for the family, or it isn't an option for the family. If they've designated themselves as a donor, that is authorization for donation. And the family, although we want them to understand and accept that, they, you know, aren't able to overturn that. And a step further in an effort to support our families, when unplanned mentions of donation occur, that can actually give them hope. And if their loved one is not eligible for donation, they can go through a secondary loss. So we try to protect them from that secondary loss by making sure that, that they're eligible before we actually offer them donation. Nikki, what happens if a family says no to organ donation? You know, it was really interesting for me. Um, when I worked with uh, the transplant team as a nurse here, I knew that, they, that the family service coordinators gave a lot of support to the families of potential donors. What I did not know prior to joining the team is that if a family declines donation, uh, being that the loved one is not a first-person registered donor, that our support of that family does not stop at the moment they say no. We support many families um, if they find that donation is not actually the right choice for them. So we know what healthcare providers should not say or do in these situations, but what can healthcare providers do to aid Midwest transplant? Rural providers and EMS play a huge role in preserving the option for donation by stabilizing, stabilizing patients and getting them to a center that can support them through the donation process. So the physicians have an extremely important role in stabilizing the patient and assessing them so that when we come on the scene, we have a good idea or a good picture, a clinical picture of what is going on with that particular patient. What criteria must a patient meet to be a candidate for organ donation? Any patient that is mechanically ventilated with a GCS or Glasgow coma score of five or below typically with some sort of a brain injury or illness that makes them completely ventilator dependent. Any patient meeting um, those triggers that we educate to, again, mechanically ventilated with a GCS of five or less, should be referred to MTN for evaluation. Jessica, when is the best time to reach out to organ donation staff? There are a couple other, just I think we're focusing more on the, the pre-hospital or the early hospital. So that is kind of the net that capture those potential donors. If you're the patients in the ICU, say they've been there for several days and are not improving and there's, you know, nothing more that can be done um, and the, the talks are starting to go toward, you know, more of a palliative care or, you know, kind of a terminal extubation path. Also having the, the staff update us if things are going in that 
direction. I know it's a little bit further down the timeline than the pre-hospital, but there are two pathways for organ donation. One is after a patient's been declared dead by neurologic criteria or brain dead. And the second is patients that are not expected to live after being extubated. It's donation after circulatory death. So if they're going to be taken off uh, ventilatory support and if they pa- if they pass away or die within about a 120 minute window, then we're still able to recover organs from from those donors as well. So that's a that's a whole nother maybe a whole nother talk as well, because there's a little bit that goes into that process. But just to know that there are two pathways and that not every organ donor is, you know, fully brain dead for them to be able to be a donor. Jessica brings up a great point. Our next episode of Trauma Talk actually involves MTN, and they'll be discussing the process that happens inside the hospital for organ donation. So, but taking it even a step back, if you end up in a smaller hospital that does have a ventilator where the the patient might be being maintained, say, weather's involved and you can't get them triaged out or whatever might be a factor, stability, that we've seen this recently a couple of times with Western Kansas and stability being an issue for flight. Just, you know, putting a bug in an ear, asking to call us or asking the nurse to call or just getting us notified so we can become aware and offer support. You know, we have a lot of resources. There are a lot of things that we can, we can just suggest or offer for insight to maintain the opportunity. That's the the biggest, I think, um, way to contribute in those those early scenarios is to maintain that stabilization and maintain that opportunity. So donation is something that can be evaluated and um, potentially even offered. How many organs can one donor save? So each organ donor can save up to eight lives, and each donor has the potential to enhance up to 75 lives through tissue donation. Jessica, Nikki, what's a good way to reach you if someone has a question for Midwest Transplant? So we have a um, we have a communication center that is staffed 24-7, 365, and our 800 number is 1-800-366-6791. If you can't remember that, it's 1-800-DONOR-91. So my email is jstefek, S-T-E-F-E-K, at mwtn.org. And my email address for question or education request is n Dixon, D-I-X-O-N, at M-W-T-N dot org. Jessica and Nikki, thanks for being on the show and talking to us about Midwest Transplant Network. Look forward to having you on the next episode where you discuss everything that happens inside the hospital during organ donation. For our listeners, if you have a question about today's episode or any of our past episodes or even a topic request, you can reach me at aaron.shutton at wesleymc.com. You can also find all our past episodes on our landing page at wesleytraumatalk.podbean.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next even Tuesday.